This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. The announcement by Donald Trump of the peace agreement between Israel and the UAE came as an unexpected but welcome piece of news. Just three weeks back, I spoke to Mohammed Nur Nadin, global risk advisor and strategic communications expert, about the thawing of Israel-Arab ties and the risk that annexation was posing to that relationship. Today, he joins me again to talk about the broader implications of this breakthrough agreement. Mohammed, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you so much. Mohammed, um, it was just three weeks ago that we were looking at the implications of annexation on Arab-Israel relationships. Did you think we'd be having this conversation today? I knew we were going to have this conversation very soon. I did not think it would be within a week since our last conversation because, I mean, in the last <laughs> conversation, we made it, I mean, I, I mean, at least I was have always been of the position that uh, normalization of, of, of strategic Arab countries with Israel was imminent, and yeah, 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 we are with the UAE and Israel, you know, um, go, go, going their own path, going it for the lack of a better word, going it on their own, you know, uh, irrespective of 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 the of the Palestinian and Arab Israeli issue. The UAE have been very crafty and very smart in how they have projected uh, the normalization of 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 their relationship with Israel. Mohammed, what are the implications of this for, firstly, the UAE and Israel, and secondly, for the Arab world in general? You should remember, first of all, that the UAE and Israel are both strategic uh, uh, allies of the USA and of the EU in the Mideast. They are both, uh, uh, you know, um, they are both economic giants, technological giants in that region, and so they are both powerhouses within that region. You know, this isn't uh, uh, a story of where a country like Israel reaches out to, you know, one of these lackeys who are sitting somewhere in, in different parts of the world who, who, who get used, you know, just for votes and so forth and, and for window dressing. No, no, no. The UAE is a very strong partner. It's a very strong country. And I look at this as what I would call uh, a relationship of equals, and if I was Israel, and I looked out of if, if, if I was Israel, and, and I look out across my borders, and I see who do I have? You know, I have Saudi Arabia, I have Bahrain, I have the UAE, I have Egypt, I have Algeria, I have all these power, powers, and, and and I think the UAE would be a natural partner for Israel. If you look at if you look at the GDP, if you look at the GDP per capita, you know, if you look at their direction as far as investment in technology, if you look at them as as consumers. Uh, and, and manufacturers of, 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 of or the interest in the military complex, and if you look at the interest in military security, in border security, if you look at the shared and common threats that they have within the region, you know, if you have to exclude the Palestinian issue, then really, uh, it, it's shocking that this that this relationship has not existed before. So definitely, uh, you you will definitely definitely see a flow of finances a flow of people, there will definitely be investment into technologies both ways, uh, there will definitely be uh, uh, a strategic uh, um, uh, cooperation at, uh, at the highest levels on, on military, on security and so forth. I mean, if you look at the UAE's military reach into the Horn of Africa, into North Africa, the UAE have expanded the military might across the region 
if, 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 if you do research, you'll see, you know, they've, they've become quite a very interesting uh, uh, play in the, in, 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 the, in the military and defense field. And they've expanded. They've really expanded. They're very expeditional in North Africa, in the Horn of Africa, and so forth. And this is, of course, very logical for Israel to partner with an Arab country who has this vision and, and, and is so strategic. I think at this time, all eyes on Saudi Arabia. What is its next? Uh, the Saudis had a press conference yesterday. Uh, and the Saudis have always been uh, a very conservative on, on foreign policy. It is only in the last few years since the new administration with the Saudis have been more articulate at least, more articulate uh, and, and, on, 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 on taking initiatives in, in, in foreign policy. Uh, I mean, the, the war on Yemen and so forth, you know. Uh, but if, but on, the Arab, on the Arab-Israeli issue, Saudi Arabia will probably remain very diplomatic. And diplomacy means, you know, uh, there are many things which diplomacy means, but in this specific stance, uh, 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 Saudi Arabia has remained uh, within the general consensus of what the Arab League uh, uh, has, 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 has proposed. And there's something called the King Abdullah Initiative, the Arab League, the Arab Peace Proposal, which the Saudis refer to, and King Abdullah meaning the late King Abdullah of Saudi's Peace Initiative, uh, which they proposed, which basically says uh, 1967 borders, uh, Jerusalem as the capital, and normalization in lieu for normalization of relations with all Arab states. And the Saudis yesterday said, you know, this is where we are, and this is our position, and they did not, you know, delve that much into the UAE uh, in any uh, peace agreement. But I think uh, this is how the Saudis will, 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 will move. The Saudis will make sure that on paper they remain within the right side of, of Arab uh, of popular consensus. Uh, and on the other end, you know, Saudi Arabia and the UAE are definitely driving a new vision and a new strategy for the Gulf. Uh, and if you look at the other initiatives that the Saudi Arabia has been part of, which relate to Israel and so forth, you can definitely see a, a, another thinking, another way, another way of engaging. And so there's there's a dual approach from Saudi Arabia. But I do not think Saudi Arabia will normalize relations with Israel uh, anytime soon, uh, unless you know, I, I don't think they'll do anything anytime soon. And that's what they were very clear on officially uh, yesterday. What are the implications for the peace deal between? Oh, sorry. What are the implications of this UAE-Israel deal for the Palestinians? I think it's, uh, you know, time will tell what the implications are. At the end of the day, the Palestinians want to move forward in, in, in peace with Israel. And the Israelis also want to move forward, you know, in, in reaching the two-state solution. At the end of the day, we have Oslo and all these other agreements. We have the Arab Peace Initiative, the King Abdullah Peace Initiative, and what it calls for is a two-state solution. And we need to get moving on that. The eight years of Obama administration saw uh, directly, you know, uh, uh, led to a lot of, uh, Obama administration neglected the whole region. And we saw ISIS, we saw the, you know, the, the, the re, we saw Iran's uh, uh, rise as a threat regional security in the Gulf, you know, extending its military might into, into Syria, Iraq, and so forth. And we saw the toppling of Arab governments. And this then, of course, led to the Palestinian issue losing its importance and its prominence in regional Arab political agenda, regional Arab security agendas. And so 
we hope that this issue and the, that this peace deal between the UAE and, 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 and Israel and the Trump peace initiative, we hope that it can at least ignite the Palestinian issue again and bring it to the forefront of regional agendas, bring it to the forefront of the international agenda again so that we can get people moving on it. We can get people working on it because no one has been doing anything for the last uh, 10 years, you know, until you know, Trump came up with, with, with his peace initiative, his peace deal uh, in the beginning of this year. From the Palestinian side, I mean, with uh, there is a faction uh, led by uh, Mohammed Dahlan who, who, are, who, who, are, who are trying to take a different approach. This could, of course, there definitely will be a leadership battle within the Palestinian Authority within the PLO, within Fatah, as we go forward in the next few years, you know, uh, we have leadership fatigue there. Uh, we will definitely see, have to see some movement between Hamas uh, and and and, uh, and and the regional partners, you know. Where is Hamas standing in this? Uh, what is Hamas going to do? Uh, Hamas and, 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 and the authority. These issues have to be resolved. And people, and we have to get serious uh, 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 credible, real partners in this issue back to the table, back to engage. And real partners, the EU, the US, uh, United Nations, regional Arab partners, and global superpowers, the Russians, the Chinese, etc. You know, we have to get them back in, 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 into this conversation, and we have to bring this the Palestinian issue back to the global agenda, because for too long it has not. It, it, it has been absent from the agenda, and I believe that the UAE, Israeli peace deal, the Trump initiative, it all brings this issue back to the agenda. And let's get to the two-state solution. It's not an easy path, uh, and 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 whoever, any Arab state who, who or which has engaged in peace with Israel has never been popular. The Egyptians were not popular. I mean, Sadat was assassinated eventually. Uh, the Israelis had a, 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 a prime minister who was assassinated. You know, King, King Hussein of Jordan was not popular. And now the UAE in many quarters is not popular. But that's, that's not important. The important thing is that there are courageous leaders across the Arab region who will take the necessary steps to attain peace and let us get this issue back to the top of the globe, of the global agenda and let's move towards the two-state solution. Well, we have to see what happens with American elections next. Do you have uh, any thoughts on that, Mohammed? <laughs> any ideas? I think... You know, interestingly enough, uh, uh, let's, I mean, in, uh, I will say in worst case scenario that <laughs> it automatically give, uh, show my bias. But worst case scenario for this situation is if Trump does not make it, Joe Biden comes in. Interesting enough, Joe Biden has, has always had a very, he's always had an interest in the Mideast. Uh, in Joe Biden was even, there are many pictures of Anwar Sadat, uh, 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 uh and, and, and Joe Biden in Camp David. I, I think I even had this picture on as my WhatsApp profile pic many years ago, you know. So Joe Biden has, has always had an interest in Mideast, Mideast politics. And I think Joe Biden really understands uh, what, what's happening in that region. And under the leadership of Joe Biden, if he should come in, vis-a-vis Trump, who's, up to, who's, who's, who's supporting the issue, the, what I'm saying is if a Democrat comes in, the Democrat being Joe Biden, the question is, will he take the same position as Obama? I do not think so. I think Joe Biden has always had an interest in Mideast in Mideast affairs and has any and, and he tried to sponsor many interesting positions within the Congress on, on, on Mideast affairs through the years. Uh, so I think under a democratic leadership, under the potential democratic leadership of Joe Biden, we probably will see movement uh, 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 or we will see a continued interest 
uh, in the in 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 the in the in the, in the Middle East. And I do not think the U.S. wants to, would want to neglect the Mideast as the Obama administration did ever again because the Obama administration's ne- neglect of the Mideast really led to catastrophic results. And I don't, and I believe the U.S. under Democrats would not want to, to relive that. So I believe under, under, under a Biden presidency, you know, uh, we, we, we will, con- we will see continuous movement, uh, in, on, in the, in the, on, on, in, 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 the Palestinian-Israeli uh, issue. It will not be like the, the days of, of, of Obama. Well, Mohammed, we'll have an opportunity to talk more about this. Um, let's see what the future brings. I wasn't expecting that UAE-Israel deal then, so who knows what the future will hold. And I look forward to whatever it is that's happening in the Middle East to have you back again. Thank you so much for hosting. I appreciate it. That was Mohammed Nur Nadin, Global Risk Advisor.